Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to another exciting All-Star Break edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here to talk about your uh, last place, Toronto Blue Jays. Their last place in title only. Uh, that's kind of what we do here. We're going gonna to spin it. We're going to try to put uh, a smiling face, put the happy days, uh, sunny days, that's what he says all the time. That goof with the socks. But unfortunately, there's no way to get around the fact that they're in last place. But there's lots of things to talk about your Toronto Blue Jays, how they ended up there, where they might go from here, both this year and into the future. And joining me, uh, joining me, as always, old reliable, old reliable, Mister Inch Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I, I'm all right. You're all right. You are the man I wish to speak to about this. Uh, of course, you can find and read Stoughton at BlueJaysNation.com. Uh, as well, you can find his work at The Athletic and at Vice and anywhere else. Uh, I think for now, that's about it. Yeah. For now, that's about it. Um, and you know the what it's like to try to find a way to come at this team in a fresh or uh, from a fresh or interesting angle. Uh, it can be a bit of a challenge. They're not bad enough to be bad and blow it up bad, but they are also not good enough to be... Real good, are they? Mm, they sure aren't. Yeah, they're they're in a weird little middle here, with uh, <laughs> with no real end in sight for quite some time. Just to, uh, yeah, which you would think would be me arguing in favor of them just blowing it up, but I of course do not do that, and I do not want that, uh, because it's the two wild card era, and they're still kind of in it theoretically, and and they still should be focused, I think, on. Uh, thinking about being good and being good next year and figuring out a way to make the pieces that they have work. But yeah, they're, they're it's not great. I think the fact that it's a two wildcard era is really doing a lot of heavy lifting and obscuring the fact that they're, they're not good enough. Like they just aren't, they are not good enough when you combine the age and the injuries and the underperformance. Um, we joked a little bit in our last episode about the series, the upcoming series that is now in the past against the Astros being like a bellwether, mm-hmm. like oh well, this will this will kind of tell us, you know, what's up with uh, with the, with the team, and there will be some good indicators coming out of it. Obviously, Houston is um, a very 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 good team, and as such, they came to Toronto and they beat the living piss out of your Toronto Blue Jays. Now. The, pe- the optimist might say they split a four-game series. Two games, the Blue Jays won. Two games, the Astros won. But I think if we go back to 2015, everything you could have ever said about the 2015 Blue Jays is the opposite is true of the 2017 Blue Jays. You're looking at that where, sweet uh, run differential in the Houston series, well, perhaps? Yeah, the Pythagorean well, yeah, the run, uh, Yes. Uh, in, in a way, yes. Not, I mean... I don't want to sit here and say, "Oh, well, they're underperforming their Pythagorean." They, you know, because in fact they're overperforming it a little bit. Their Pythagorean record is is significantly worse. But I, I think that it, it, you don't have to go any further than like a pretty tried and true axiom, which is that like good teams blow people out and bad teams get blown out, and that's kind of what we saw in a nutshell in that series against. Houston. Now, obviously, Houston is again. They're not a, a perfect example, but there's that Houston team looks a lot more like what the Blue Jays team of 2015 looked like in that they would come through and blow people away and have this incredibly long lineup where 
these guys can hit home runs and this guy can hit home runs and they have crafty veterans who are turning in good at bats and however you want to look at it. And this current Blue Jays team is not that. They're, the current Blue Jays team is like a really bad offensive team, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The pitching has been very nice. The starting pitching is good. The, the bullpen has been fine. The defense mm-hmm. is not doing them doing them any great favors. But the fact of the matter is they played the, that series against the Astros and they got the shit kicked out of them. And I don't think that it was too truly a... Uh, it's not a true wake-up call for anyone because it wasn't like anything nobody knew before was revealed. But I think that despite being a just being a two-game split, it for me it it's got to be like the okay, let's time to take stock. I think that's what has to happen now. And <laughs> well, that's what you, that's what you do for the rest of the season. So yeah, so as as guys get healthy, so. One of the big questions, and the question that we've, we've, you and I have been talking about for, for months and months, is what do you do with left field? So now, if you are getting closer to having, you know, Anthony Alford is playing um, rehab games, and Dalton Pompey is back with, is he, is he rehabbing, or he's with, um, uh, with Buffalo again? I don't think he was in the lineup tonight, but, um, yeah, I you know, you're just know. getting... Yeah, but so tonight, of course, being Thursday, but you're you're getting close to to having those guys back, and you really need to see what you've got with them. You really need to see what Anthony Alford can do again. His his step forward at Double A this year was encouraging, and that's why he got called up to the big leagues. But uh, you know, I, me personally, I have reservations about his ability to hit with any kind of authority, like any kind of batted ball authority, hitting the ball hard, and getting extra bases, other than you know once he can earn with his legs, but uh, you, you got to see what he can do and you got to see what you can do with, with Pompey. Um, and, and I think that's kind of what's going to, going to need to happen. I mean, um, the big news today in the baseball world was the Jose Quintana deal. You know, well, that creep has rolled his way to <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the North side of Chicago. Uh, and the deal netted the White Sox some pretty significant pieces. Um, they have a now the White Sox are loaded for bear in terms of minor league talent. I don't think the Jays are going to be dealing someone of that kind of level, someone who's going to re- bring that kind of a return. Um, because you know, we've you and I have talked about Stroman, we've talked about Osuna. I don't think any of those things are on the table, but they, it might be time to do that to keep and and, and looking around and see what. Is out there for Estrada and for Francisco Liriano and maybe even for Jay Happ. Well, it's, I don't think that's unfair. Yeah. To say. Oh, it's definitely time for Estrada and Liriano. I mean, because they're free agents at the end of the year, so uh, they would have to find a way to replace them in the rotation this year. Because I don't think they're ready to to wave the white flag on this season yet. Maybe in a couple of weeks they will be. Um, but I think they're going to tread carefully into doing that. But uh, but yeah, those guys, and and Happ, you know, Happ is not. Quintana, obviously, uh, but he does have two years left, or a year after, a year after this one. Uh, you know, pretty reasonable salary, as I recall. Uh, I want to say it's like 14, 14, 15 million, something like that. Um, maybe even less than that, but it, but it's in that sort of range. And so that's 
you know, he's a guy who's been good, could be useful to a team, but he's also a guy who could be useful to the Blue Jays next year as well. Uh, I wrote something this week about, you know, looking at what they basically have in place if they kept the status quo going forward for 2018. And, uh, you know, Hap, Stroman, Sanchez is a good starting point for a rotation. Uh, you know, the, the infield, I think, looks looks all right. Uh, with Smoke, if he continues to keep it up, and Donaldson is still Donaldson. Tulo, you have to pretend, uh, is fine. And you have to pretend <laughs> that Devin Travis is going to be healthy, which is also a problem. But, uh but it could work. It, 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 you know, it could have worked this year too. I think it just, uh, it just didn't. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't. I say that uh, to avoid the fact that they've been bad. But I mean, they, you know, they played without Donaldson for a long time, and uh, Tulo was, has been a little bit better of late. Uh, you know, his last, I think, hundred plate appearance or so has been much better than the rest of his season. He's been complete dog shit, obviously. Uh, and the pitching's gone a little sideways, I think. Uh, Liriano's been the bad one. We've all seen that. And Estrada's not had a, a, a great run. And, and there have been a bunch of things that have sort of conspired against them. But I don't think that they're a bad team, like you say. They're just, you know, not good enough. And, and, and not good enough, especially if you're, you know, you stop being ridiculous and talking about the second wild card and getting into that coin flip game uh, and start thinking about, you know, you really want to build your team to actually win a division. No, it's true. And I mean... it's the same debate that we've had and it's the same state of affairs that we've seen in that you know other than maybe alfred and and pompey the next wave of talent um you know attractive as it might be is still is is in high a uh, and has been there for one day (laughs) yeah basically um although bo bichette had a couple a couple hits uh, i believe maybe as many as three hits in um in his, in his, I don't know if his first or second game, but uh, Vi- yeah, he Vi- had three hits, and, hits and, too now. Yeah, yeah. So um, one game in high A is, I think, enough to say that they're on their way to Buffalo before the end of the year. <laughs> but the the other thing is, so I mean, I mean, you joke about that, but uh, but you know, next year New Hampshire is certainly uh, going to be on the table. They're already in Dunedin, so so I don't know about starting there, but. Uh, they should get to New Hampshire at some point and then and then become, you know, for 2019, uh, possibilities at the big league level if everything goes well. Uh, and looking at next year, ne- maybe that's the year you choose to, to rebuild. Maybe you next year, I mean, you lose, you lose some opportunity cost. You lose out on the fact that, you know, you would be going from trading Josh Donaldson with a year and a half left to a year left and same with Jay Happ. And if Justin Smoke, you know, gives a goes to you know goes to shit next year uh you'll have lost that as well uh but there's value i think in not raising the white flag this year and going into next year still continuing to uh to try to piece together a team that looks like it can win and you can put a good product on the field and people can uh could get excited and and i mean this is you kind of have to twist yourself a bit i must admit you know into into like jp ricciardi era uh, false hope kind of stuff like oh with everything breaks the right way for us we can be okay but that you know back then that was sort of a means to an end that was that was it that's all we had and uh and at this mm-hmm. point that's that's just <laughs> that you know they would be doing that as sort of a cover while they continue to build a really nice looking farm system uh and have an eye on that and i and you know i think you would you would still get some value back out of a guy like Hap, but it's certainly out of a Donaldson next year, even though it wouldn't be as as much. Uh, and maybe then, uh, in the piece I wrote, maybe you know at that point, if Russell Martin still has a damn three eighty on base or whatever it is right now, uh, he only has a year left. He could be 
a guy you might consider moving. I think that may, maybe they wouldn't. That he's maybe someone uh, they wouldn't mind so much having around into into his twilight years, which he's basically you know already in now. And and I don't know. There could be some some other pieces that could you know that could be the time they consider moving Osuna or Stroman or Sanchez if that's really a thing that they want to do. Um, and and maybe that's where this is going is that they is that they're going to punt these hard decisions until next July. Uh, and, you know, try to do what they did this year, which was mid-tier free agents and, uh, you know, guys taking flyers on guys and, and hoping that you could patch a roster together around Donaldson and, the, and Stroman Sanchez and the strong pieces that you have uh, that, mm-hmm. that can look, you know, capable of, of doing. And it did, you know, on paper at the start of the year, it looked capable. Uh, it didn't look like it was a slam dunk. You know, this team is going to blow away the American League East or this team is probably going to win the division. I don't think anybody thought that, but it looked good enough that, you know, you felt like this that, that investing your time and your emotional energy in this Blue Jays season wasn't going to be a waste of time. Uh, I think they can get to that point again next year uh, while continuing to, you know, not sign guys for long term and, and, and really tie up a lot of money or give away draft picks doing it that way. Uh, while they continue to, you know, make these international signings that they've made, make, you know, make more draft picks, get more as many draft picks as they can, bring in prospects in the way that they did in, say, the Liriano trade, which is maybe something we'll see uh, this summer, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, if they, if they could do something creative that way, because they say they can take on salary, uh, at this point, which would be nice to see. I would love to see them use their financial abilities, uh, or their supposed financial abilities to try to, uh, to try to, to improve the prospect pool. Um, and, you know, just kind of continue on that path. I may, I don't know what they're thinking, you know, in the front office, maybe they don't think that will go far enough to get them where they need to go in terms of, you know, the talent pool of the next great Blue Jays team, but I don't know. Could work. They got a pretty good start already. Let me tell you, in the span of your um, little monologue there. <laughs> yeah. Which was which was very nice. Yeah. Um, I've come to realize the solution to all of the Blue Jays problems. Okay. So you don't want to go crazy. Um, uh, well, you... You 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 don't want to squander this kind of you know the Strowman and Osuna and Sanchez Donaldson whatever else, uh, but you also can't be running around trying to bring in more old players. But you do have some money you want to spend. You need to improve the out the outfield. You need to improve the offense. I've got three words for you that are going to take care of all those things. Okay. Uh, they are John, Carlo, Stan. Uh, the rumors today are that the the Marlins are packaging Christian Yelich and Giancarlo Stanton because Stanton's contract is so onerous that uh, even though he's still so very good, but that they, they they have to basically just be a salary dump, and the Marlins need to sort of get clued into this to the fact that he's owed so 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 much money that there's no he has no trade value, which to them I say fooey. <laughs> so you, tr- you you give away almost everything you've got for Yelich and Stanton. There you go. There's your offense. There's your outfield. Look how well it's worked for the Marlins. Uh, and you, you load up and off you go. You, you want to show off your financial heft? Pay a guy $30 million a year. Boom. Win. Tra- trading, tra- trading for the Marlins salary dump, what could go wrong? But this is different. <laughs> I would do it in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. 
See you but later, I mean, Vlad. I don't I don't give a shit. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, I was going to say, like, yeah, yeah, Bo Bichette, trade him. Send him back to Florida. Florida man returns home. He'd be so happy. Um, hey, but he, yeah, he I, I'm chose okay the Jays. Let's be, let's be clear. Chose the Jays. Stanton's having another good year. He's back to being what he is. You know, he's got like a 140 way to runs created plus. He's got 26 home runs, which is, I think he might set a new career high this year if he's able to stay healthy, which he never is. But that don't let that deter you. Still, keep him around. And the other thing I was going to say, and, and I'm glad you mentioned it uh, after the Mar- Marlins pipe dream. We'll put that aside for now. Marlins pipe dream. <laughs> okay. We'll, we could talk about that all winter long, about getting Yelich and Stanton from the Marlins. Love it. Um, the other thing was Russell Martin, and, and we, I, I put a poll up on Twitter this week, and I asked if, if his contract will be will look good mm-hmm. as it mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's a little bit over halfway through now. He's got he's gone through two and a half years. He's got two and a half years left. Will his contract look good in the end? And to that, I I was surprised that most the majority of the people, but forty percent of the people who voted, and like almost nine hundred people voted in this poll, um, that his contract will be break even in the end. Um, which to me is like you're basically you're getting close to being almost there anyway. Yeah, right now he could as be far as I'm for concerned. two years, and 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 yeah, then it was still a fine contract. Yeah. So by by Fangraphs. Wins above replacement. He's been worth seven, just over seven wins, uh, which at which is you know, at, if you depending on what you want to trade your wins at, if it's nine or nine and a half or eight and a half, you're getting pretty close. He's also having a very nice year at the plate, you know. In the end, he really. But then if you shit. go and if you go and you look at, um, uh, uh, baseball prospectus's version, which is maybe not as, um regularly used but it is one that includes uh, framing yeah in its yeah. construct so you're getting up closer to nine already nine warp from him uh who russell martin being an amazing defensive catcher and uh also you know you made the you, you signed him because you were like we want to make the playoffs and can you help us do that and he was like yep sure can and then there they were <laughs> in the playoffs um i i have you know, you see the, all the Russell Martin jerseys, and and then again, and, and, and you know, like you said, the the Johan Cruyff, the you know, th- the fans want to see the local players. Not quite the same in Toronto, but definitely the same. Russell Martin, Russell Martin's contract. So, I, I, for me, it could. Uh, there's, it's hard to imagine a scenario in which it works out better than it has. Oh my god! And, yeah, yeah. And to think that there is a time, and maybe it was earlier this year, and again, and he was a little bit. He had a bit of a down year last year, but. He looked people awful like, at the oh, end of the season too. Yeah, yeah, but people were saying like, "Oh yeah, you're not going to be able to give the get. there." I, I am of the mind that there is a long list of teams that would happily, happily make a trade involving Russell Martin because of the things that he offers a team, a good team, or a team that's close to the playoffs. Uh, hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I I think no, I that that I that's why I said it. That's why I wrote it, and I, I was thinking of your poll at the time when I. When uh, when I, I was thinking at your, about your poll a lot, true. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's crazy that people think that it's a break even or worse. I mean, it's a, uh, maybe in the sense that uh, holy fuck, you should have been able to develop a catcher that wasn't JP or Insibia uh, before that, and shouldn't have had to go out on the free agent market and, and buy yourself a catcher. But putting that aside, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's been terrific, and you know, I 
I, I am not the first person to cite intangibles in terms of you know evaluating a player. Uh, but there, but there's elements of that there that I don't think it's, that are, are quantifiable about a guy like Martin in a position like uh, a catcher. Uh, I wouldn't want to put too much into it, but when you add into the actual quantifiable, you know, nine-ish wins, uh, I think you could even conceivably think that it's it, he's been even more valuable than that. Uh, so yeah, that's a hell of a win. I think it's uh, I think it's been terrific, and that's why that's why I said that next year, uh, midway through next year, if they really are. Thinking about uh, about really blowing. Okay, we're serious this time, guys. We're gonna blow it up. Uh, he could still have some value to teams. I, I mean, changing uh, catcher in midstream is always maybe weird, but uh, but yeah, I think that he's obviously a guy who, uh, as long as the bat gives you something, uh, is gonna be is gonna be a nice catcher. And you know, you just you look around the league, catchers are dog shit. So yeah, you're, you're trying to tell me that the Nationals, who you know, despite all their problems, that they wouldn't happily take Russell Martin over Matt Weeters or some shit? Yeah, like Matt Weeters is a nice enough player, but come on, better than come on. best thing since sliced bread, as I recall. That is indeed his reputation. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been uh, again, it's a tough time, but I think that. Um, you know, there there are definitely things that can happen and and things that can that can keep the the dogs at bay. I guess you could say there's no like the 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 reload dogs at bay. Now, did we we mentioned the the Jose Quintana deal and and the J Hap thing? Like, does does the, Jose Quintana <laughs> net this huge return? And, and now we're like, well, that's that's you know J Hap's going to bring back a top five prospect in baseball, right? Right? Yeah. I, I think Kutana has more similarities to, say, a Marcus Stroman than a Jay Happ in terms of what he would get in mm-hmm. trade. So so there's your answer to That's that. That's fair really. to say. Yeah. That's fair to say. Um, uh, which is to say that the, the Blizzards are not going to trade Marcus Stroman. They cannot. No. Oh, my God. I would not be into that. That would be ridiculous. You know, I, I think that as I, I'm looking at his Fangraphs page, that uh, Matt Weeders and Russell Martin have, they do in fact have a, quite a bit in common, um, except that in all the ways that Russell Martin is good, Matt Weeders is bad. Uh, other than that, they're like the same guy. Yeah, other than that, uh, yeah. Other than that. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about something, just a kind of a quick note. Um, and uh, now the, maybe I'm crazy. But and I know you seem pretty pretty sure that there's no way that Jose Bautista doesn't opt out of his contract, right? Like, is is it a done deal or it, it doesn't? It, it's not up to him. So, well, it's, it it is up to him. It's like, a mutual. They both have it's an a mutual option. option right? Yeah. Well, so but if so either think, side declines, yeah. Well, I think I can tell you one side that's going to decline. Yeah. That's probably true. As I think well. the Toronto Blue Jays probably think that they can do better than seventeen million dollars for one of the worst defensive right fielders in baseball and a guy who's you know been league average at the plate. I mean, I don't know that that means that they wouldn't be interested in uh, in you know re-signing him at a more reasonable rate, which I don't think Jose would be terribly interested in. But uh, you know, we saw last year how how much interest it seemed like they really had in bringing him back as they you know waited and waited and waited before finally being like oh, okay i guess this is the only option that we have and it's an option that you know god i love we love jose bautista we've always we've talked about this i know you love him on the base paths he's a madman out there uh, that you'll you'll 
you'll defend his defense, which is horrible at times, but but also I don't know. I I mean it's Jose Bautista. You have to have there's a, there's an affinity for the guy, and and I don't I could take the bad defense. Uh, I could take the bad hitting a little bit less, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, and I think the Jays in particular uh, might well be happy to just have that over with the uh uh so i i don't see them uh turning the key on their part of that deal no that does seem very very unlikely i one thing i I don't think i noticed this about jose bautista's contract before but he has attendance bonuses built into it nice so he gets one hundred fifty thousand dollars for every uh, once they get to like about three and a half million or three million or so and then he starts to get a little bit more um as it as it goes up, so is it? Well, oh, it's three and a half, three point six. Every every one hundred thousand fans over three point five million, Jose Bautista makes another hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You know what? If he if if he had if he had been playing this year like two thousand eleven, Jose Bautista, then then that would seem a completely reasonable uh, bonus to give the guy. I mean, it, that would that would have made a huge difference between where the Blue Jays are right now and uh, and where they would be in that you know theoretical universe. Yes, you're right. An eight-win player is better than a zero-win player. Um, <laughs> I did. I, I had to think really hard about that one, but yeah, I think I think I, I stand by it. Uh, something else we've talked about, and it, I I think we talked about it on on the podcast last week, but I know that we you and I definitely spoke about it, which was I was I became convinced that nobody sees more junk than Jose Bautista. And so I went actually went looking at it today as I was talking a little bit with uh, Mike Petrillo uh, of yeah. Stackcast yeah. on uh, on Twitter. Petrillo, yeah. yeah, I'm bad with names. I apologize. You are bad with names sometimes. I don't pay attention enough <laughs> <laughs> to how they're spelled. Um, but then I went looking, and I was on on the Stackcast or uh, the Baseball Savant, and not no batter in baseball sees more off speed pitches in pitchers count so like 2-1 3-1 3-2 whatever 2-0 uh nobody sees more off-speed pitches than jose bautista which is to say that they teams just pitchers just don't throw him fastballs anymore which to me suggests why his season has been so up and down right where he's just you know he's he's having to make an adjustment that i don't that's tough to ask a 36 year old hitter to make um, not only in terms of approach, but but then not and then getting having fastballs thrown past him, you know, when the ca- when the count gets even, as he's having to sit back and wait and wait and wait and wait, and he's a dead pull hitter and he has been forever. But is if the bat loses a, even the tiniest bit of speed, well then he's just you end up with what you have now. Where again he continues to show signs of life and his his season has been very up and down, but. Uh, I was very interested to, to find that or to confirm that. Number two, um, in terms of who has seen, who gets more off-speed pitches um, in baseball is Josh Donaldson. Interesting. So there are limits, I suppose, you could say, to the just hunt fastballs and yank it to, down the left field line. Uh, the, league is, the league is catching up as more and more guys are, are, are have the two and three, I don't know. The state of the game today is such that uh, it's not just dead red all the time. Even though, and, and the guys who throw fastballs, they all throw a thousand miles an hour. And the, the number three on that list um, mm-hmm. was Ed, Edwin Encarnacion. Really? Yeah. So it's, you know, 
a lot of people saw what Cleveland did to this team last year. And I, I mean, Cleveland has great pitchers, but also part of it was their game plan with them, I think. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, there was that game where they just went to the bullpen after Trevor Bauer was out and they, and, you know, they, they faced a lot of not great pitchers in that series too, and still really struggled with them. So, uh, not entirely surprising that people saw, maybe saw that success and said, okay, maybe this is how you defeat these guys. You just literally never, never throw mm-hmm. them fastballs. Don't challenge them. Don't challenge them ever. You'll lose. Uh, yeah, you yeah you will lose if you challenge them. So don't ever challenge them. Which is why, uh, as I've taken credit for before, when I went to the game against the Reds and I yelled at Asher Wojcikowski that he needs to stop being <laughs> such a baby and challenged Josh Donaldson and then he hit it into the fifth deck. Yeah, I was close. I was close enough that Asher Wojcikowski one hundred percent heard me say it. So. Uh, you can totally credit me for that. I, I still do. I think, and you know what? Uh, I uh, implore more Blue Jays fans to do what you did and to, to to poke at the pride of the opposing pitchers who know that they should be challenging these guys uh, and are sort of pussyfooting around and uh, and get on them like that. It reminds me of a friend, uh, a story I once heard, an, <laughs> an old, a old piece of folklore. <laughs> about uh, a, a down as luck AAA pitcher was out there uh, struggling away. I believe it was for the, for the Springfield Cardinals. No, Springfield, Louisville Cardinals. And yeah, a, yeah. A, a young upstart from Canada encouraged that pitcher to uh, get it together. And then he did. And then that, since then, he's been bad and then hurt. But um, he was that, good, that he was was good for long enough to be in a ridiculous trade. Hey, hey, hey. The guy that he, he got traded for is uh, the one of the worst non-Ryan Goins hitters in baseball this year. He so has like a 55 weighted range credit plus. Uh, well, okay, so maybe it's not so bad. But anyway, the point is that it seeing that and kind of understanding, and I also looked at what's the opposite, which is how many, who sees fastballs in in pitchers count. So who, again, maybe who, who basically, I was looking at who, what kind of guys are get pitched backwards. And the answer was not Jose Bautista, who still saw the third fewest number of fastballs in pitcher's count. So they just don't feed him that anymore. So he's had to adjust. And, and you know, he's had that huge May where we were all like, oh, that's, that's a relief. Everything's back to normal. But he's not. And the Tulowitzki is looking, you know, looking, showing signs of life and, and leaving those terrible months behind him. But, uh, again, so, same sort of thing. He just doesn't look... It doesn't look like it's going to come all back together when you I watch just, either yeah. of them. I, for Tulo, I feel like, oh yeah, I feel like Tulo is going to be like three more years of just arbitrary endpoints, trying to believe that, you know, oh look at this segment of games since May twenty ninth, he's been this good, so maybe it's okay. And then, you know, just having to reset and do that constantly because it's just not coming back. No. Uh Another speaking of trade rumors again, the trade trade deadline's coming up, so there's lots of trade talk. Uh, one name that I saw bandied about, which did not make a lot of sense to me, which, which was Matt Kemp. Maybe the Blue Jays would want a piece of Matt Kemp. <laughs> yeah, why did you laugh? Well, because why would that 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 makes no sense? Is the thing. It does make no sense. That's true. Would you like? Uh, Matt- would you rather? I mean, I, would you rather Dalton Pompey or Matt Kemp? Well, considering the fact that he's a terrible outfielder, so he's in such that he's not an outfielder, and over the last three years, he's been 
this year he's he's hitting he has a 112 weighted runs created plus with 12 home runs doesn't really walk strikes out you know whatever a league average amount i just don't think it's any kind of an upgrade and it's not helping them in a position that is in need of help unless it's you really think that he's the solution in left field a guy making uh, 21 and a half million dollars for the next two years um yeah which is no yeah I, I, when I looked at it, when I looked, you know, position by position this week, uh, the the thing about their their left field was I think they're 16th in weighted runs created plus and 30th in Fangraphs uh, defensive component of WAR. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they can maybe you know sacrifice some of that you know middle of the pack bat uh, and actually get some some you know glove in there and probably be fine. I mean, they have a 95 weighted runs created plus as uh, you know as the position, uh, you know Pearson Carrera and whoever else, fucking uh, Chris Coglin, whoever they've run out there all year. Uh, I mean, 95 is probably too much to ask Dalton Pompey, sadly. But I mean, give me a 90 with like a glove that is up at the top of that list instead of at the bottom, and you've upgraded your position quite nicely, I think. I don't agree. I don't no. think that's true at all. <laughs> I think because the Blue Jays are sh- so shitty offensively this that is t- a problem, taking yeah. any offense off the field isn't an upgrade. What I what I would like to see is an actual good, complete player. Now, maybe that's too much to ask, but I don't think that the Blue Jays are in any position to take any kind of offense off the off of the off the table because they are among the worst offensive they're in the bottom 10 overall offensively and like you said if you make a well they're getting a 95 way they runs created plus but the whole team is only is only 92 right so it's like that's basically average hitter for the team so it's not like it's they have a lot to get to to get to give and it's a position where they have maybe a little bit of that depth where excuse me you and i have been declaring steve pierce kind of surplus to requirements but the more that he hits, the more that I'm like, I can deal with that. I can deal with both he and Bautista fumbling around out there in right f- in, in the outfield corners. Because uh, mm. again, when I when I when I watch the Blue Jays, I don't think I think that the defense isn't what it needs to be. But I don't think that the defense is the thing that's killing them. No, when I, you lose I, like right. whatever fifteen to one or nineteen to one, whatever it was, defense isn't doing that, right? You, I mean, that, yeah, even though you've given up a zillion runs, you still only scored one, and that was on an Ezekiel Carrera of all human beings <laughs> home run in the ninth <laughs> inning. Yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, I perhaps I. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a, a over uh, overly optimistic. I'm not being overly optimistic by saying that I think Josh Donaldson will get better. I would be if I think I said. Tulo and, and Bautista will get better, but I, I think there's more offense in this team still that it will probably not look like quite so much of a problem. Uh, so I'm I, I stand by the, the I'm, I'm okay with getting some gloves out there. It's tough to watch, but uh, but I I see where you're coming from too. It, yeah, I mean. Be- we talk about the lineup length, and then I'll reference the Astros because they were just here um, again. There's no length, right? When you get when you're getting zero from left field, zero from second base, and then almost zero from center field. 
because he's doing the thing that he does where like oh well he's gonna go oh for june and then he's gonna get you know hit five home runs in in august i don't know it's uh they don't have enough good players the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's fair and well yeah that's that's fair they have two good players in the middle of the diamond to switch to switch positions to that we're talking about here mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm who are you know one who can't stay healthy and the other who can't stay healthy or is bad when he is healthy (laughs) Uh, like we're at the point of i don't know desperation is the word but uh, like the state of the offense is such that i'm thinking well at least if pompey and alfred come back they at least they add another dimension to the offense because the one you're not getting from pierce and you're not getting from um whoever like goins right who's one of the slowest um middle infielders in baseball too and you went back to those stat cast sprint numbers i mean goins doesn't offer anything Dar- darwin bonnie's like a nice little player he can do some fun little things bunts mm-hmm. and things like that but Nothing but uh, play, i mean but, yeah. that it, yeah but i mean if that's if if that's something that alford provides then you know great which is to say that like that's nothing there's there's the 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 edge or the base running a little bit of excitement a little bit of a stolen base here and there or some bunts or some stretching things into extra bases like that's not enough that they're just, they're just not good enough they're not good enough this year so hopefully they'll take some more time this the rest of the season to make next year's team better because maybe um as you said there are there you know as we all know there are some very nice pieces in place yeah that, that we don't there's that there's no waiting for there's no it's not you know again people talk about the white Sox have the best the best um farm system in baseball but even them, you look at the, some of the prospects that they've got. There's so many question marks around some of those, so many of those guys, and that's what happens with prospect prospects. Hopefully, the Blue Jays can kind of skip that, get around that. That uh, with the uh, with uh, the Yelich and Stanton trade, yeah, exactly. With the Yelich and Stanton trade, exactly, exactly. Um, that I think that's I don't know what else is there to say. You got anything else? The outfield situation is on here. Mark Stroman is very good. Mark Stroman is on vacation in Turks and Caicos. Um, with his social media game, it's weak. <laughs> weak, is it? I don't know. I just I've come all the way. I've come like 180 on on Marcus Stroman's social media. So, I just don't uh, like it, the. F- it's not the same since he, him and Sanchi broke up. There's a. I don't think that's the case, <laughs> but I. But what if it was? Oh, that'd be fucked up. Well. I don't. I don't have it on authority, but I have a. I, I have it on I like. Don't want to touch? The, I don't. I don't want to touch anyway. that one. Um, uh, they're considering four p.m. Saturday games. You are you you are someone uh, with children who mm-hmm. would be uh, who would maybe not like that as much. Also, seven p.m. Saturday and Sunday. Uh, they said Saturday and Sunday, but probably not seven p.m. Sunday. I'm gonna guess. So. Uh, thoughts on that? I, I, and so, people like me, as far mm. as I am concerned, uh, love the idea of four o'clock games on Saturday. And I Sunday. love the idea of four o'clock games on Sunday too, and I've long been a proponent of them. Uh, as a person who would be dragging young children to the game, um, my perspective might change a little bit. Uh, I went on Sunday. No, sat. I went last Saturday mm. against the Astros. And I sat at the 500s, like the bleedy, bleedy, highest up of high um, uh, seats in in the in the 500s, like behind the lights and above. There was no shade. I was oh, roasting. Yeah, yeah. 
it was uh, I it was it was great. It wasn't too hot, but it it, it was it was because I was they won that one too. They just hit a bunch of home runs and um I I ran the, I took my kids down to see this is but the challenge becomes like so what do you do with Junior Jays Saturdays right which is kind of a something of an institution it has a lot of value the number of people that were waiting and lining we went down in like the eighth inning to line up to run the bases and we were there for I would say probably close to an hour and a half before we actually got on the field to run and then they shepherded us out like there were so many people waiting to run the bases but my kids did it and they had a great time and I got to walk around on the field again which was fun but. Uh, it took a long time, so by the time we got out of there, you know that's it's a it was late. Er, now if they don't do that at four o'clock anymore, I, I mean is, that's I don't I don't think that's a deal breaker for anybody. It's definitely not a deal breaker for me. But but uh, seven o'clock games, so is no way. I I, I think ba- day baseball is important. Yeah, uh, I think four o'clock in my mind still counts as day baseball, so I can kind of get behind that. But at the same time, I wish with, if there's a Saturday and there's no one o'clock game at all. To me, that's a crime, and if it's only the Yankees, that's a crime—a different kind of crime. But but so, uh, I, you know, they're, they're fun. Drew, get on. They board. are fun. I had to get. Up, oh, the Yankees are fun. Yeah. No, get the hell out of my face I with know. that bullshit. It's garbage. Yeah. They're not fun. I don't care. Aaron, I I I liked Aaron Sanchez when his name was Giancarlo Stanton. He was fine then. He was fine that way. <laughs> you don't need them getting bigger and better and Yankier. That's not helping me at all. Um. But I kind of like the idea of one o'clock games. I like the idea that the Jays are one of the only teams that plays them. Um, I do like the four o'clock games too. It'd be nice to have maybe a bit of a mix, a bit of a balance. But no seven o'clock games during the week or on the weekend. There's no need for that. I, I'm four I'm a hundred percent behind that. Yeah. Uh, four is nice. Four. Right. I mean, four. You get the dumb shadows too. Uh, yeah. I would be okay if they kept some one o'clock games and they did their. The, you know, I would love to see more four o'clock games because. One o'clock? I, I I will not do that. I refuse. I will not go to a one o'clock game. Uh, we had unless, to, it's, unless it's during the week. I'll do it during the week. But but no. one o'clock game on the weekend. It, I mean, I don't even live that far away. I, I took the subway. Like it's not it's not as though I it's some kind of great hike. And I mean, if for people who might be coming in from out of town, if you're coming in from somewhere like super super distant, I don't know, like Brantford or. Windsor or Scarborough somewhere that's like like on the other side of the planet. Sure, it's going to take you a long time to get in, but four. I don't think the four o'clock doesn't really solve that because in like the highway now at that time of day is there's traffic on the weekend also. You're just sitting in traffic all the time. So the the other know. thing, the other thing I heard the pushback I heard about this was from and I, I know there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast and who follow you know who are you know expatriates people you know people in. Uh, Someone in in Europe was saying, you know, there's there's two games a week that that I get to watch that are on that start before midnight, which is like okay, mm. yeah, good point. I get I I get how you see that, and and you know, people people out east, people out west, uh, I think they like their the, I, the the sentiment I got was that they like their breakfast with with the baseball, and then they get to go to for a fucking hike or some bullshit. Uh, <laughs> go in their afternoon, yeah. Uh, which you know almost prompted me to say like, okay, yeah, but it's you know I know they market it as Canada's team, but it's our team. Like, let's be fucking honest. But I didn't go that far. Uh, but I think that's probably a concern that they, sh- yeah, I'm sure. Well, a, a concern that they should have, and I'm sure that they do have. Uh, I'm sure that they have reams of data on what people want and what they think is the is the ba- the best way to go forward. You know, you, you would hate to to 
not have you not have it accommodating for kids like you want your next generation of fans to be able to come to the ballpark i think and uh, you know not be frozen out entirely uh Mm -hmm. you should there's a big audience we see it every every time they go to play the damn mariners uh there's a big audience out west and and uh as much as i want to be a dick about it they they should be considered in this too even though uh give me my fucking four o'clock games they are so much so much nicer get to get to go have a little bit of a day go to the ballpark get have some drinks and get out of there in time to have a dinner and 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 just enjoy my enjoy my evening it fits right into into my uh, vision of a of an afternoon much better than other days but that's but that's me i got to go to the jays game in the afternoon and then go home and put my sweaty and sunburned children away and then i got to go play my own game which i wouldn't have been able to do with a, at a four o'clock start mm. I so. played my game at seven and the and watched the Jays at one, and uh, to me that was a pretty good Saturday. Let me tell you. Um, yeah, I don't know. That it'll be interesting to see. We should maybe we should we should get in on some like cheap social heat by putting up a poll. I guess you can't do polls on Facebook anymore. But anyway, does people use we'll Facebook ask, still? I don't. Well, that, I think that, people that, still that's, use Facebook. That's over. Fuck Facebook. Get rid of it. Everybody they do lie. Facebook lies. They lie to you about how much they use it and how who uses it and how many videos they watch. Facebook <laughs> lies and lies and lies. They sure do. Future um, president um, Zuck. Yeah. <laughs> Bless him. Uh, anything else? Anything else? Somebody mentioned um, that we need to talk about the fact that the leftovers was not where they were only oh, nominated yeah. for a single uh, gr- uh, Emmy, and it was uh, Anne Dowd for her uh, guest turn as uh, well. In the season finale, season finale, the one before. Anyway, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, doesn't, that's doesn't, I mean, yeah. doesn't take anything away from the show. Makes it still awesome, and I still encourage everyone who people. It's it's fun when I because I'm such a goof for that show that I talk about it on Twitter and on this thing, and people are like, "Oh, I I I watched it uh, just because I saw you and uh, Stacy May Fowles talking about it," and I was like, "Oh, cool! I'm glad, and I hope you enjoy it." Speaking of Space, Stacy May, um. She wrote something cool for The Athletic about that, you know, you mentioned about reams mm-hmm. of data and audience coordinators and fan manager and whatever. Um, she wrote a cool uh, story uh, all about that for The Athletic. So if you're a subscriber, I recommend you go check it out. And if you're not a subscriber, Stoughton, you got any yeah, hookups yeah. for them? I do, yeah. I put it in the last thing that I wrote for The Athletic uh, on Blue Jays Nation, I think. Maybe it was two mm. times ago. Um, maybe I'll put it in the, you know what, I'll put it in the post on this podcast. Uh, so when I post, so if you're hearing this, maybe you've already seen that link, but if not, uh, I'll put uh, a link to a download, uh, a discount code, uh, for the athletic and the page that I post this very podcast on. Uh, yeah, that, there was you re- go. that was really interesting. Uh, and it, I, my comment on it on the Twitter was that it just, it, it, you just, you don't find people who don't really, really love working for Mark Shapiro. It's, it's a little bizarre. Maybe there, maybe there's some Stockholm syndrome. I don't know, but like, like everybody seems to love working for this guy, and I, and that was that was the big thing that I heard when Jays fans were completely losing their minds about you know when he got hired and AA left and all that bullshit, you know, getting people in the game and in you know the the very very limited number of contacts that I do have with of people like that being like I these guys are so great like I can't believe people are acting like this like they're really really great they're like everybody likes working for these guys uh which i think will you know even though i've said it before even though lots of people say it, it still would come to you know, be a surprise for a lot of blue jays fans 
No, it's good. Uh, it's important to remember, and hopefully the people, you know, I, the more of the Bobichettes of the world that we see, where where the Blue Jays are able to say, uh, you know, you get to be you if you come here, um, and they choose to do so. Um, again, that's all part of having a championship and uh, culture, so to speak, or at least turning, as we've you've heard us say a thousand times, turning the Blue Jays into a modern professional sports business, mm-hmm. which they seem to be well on their way. Uh, which means soulless and making decisions <laughs> like, like well, should we do the games at four o'clock? Well, let's see what the data says. What what's our uh, what, what's what kind of revenue uh, increase are we going to see? What kind of brand lift? Yeah. Is it going to change the favorable opinion of the Blue Jays? They're going to be the Air Canada of of baseball teams. Yeah. The Air Canada. Oh, how could you say that to them? You know, hurt. using their dynamic pricing and and putting a happy face on the fucking slop they give us and well they don't even need to do that <laughs> they have you and i to sit here and polish turds for an hour a week be like you know it's not so bad uh, if troy tulowitzki turns back the clock and uh if jose bautista suddenly tricks pitchers into throwing them fastballs they'll be there they'll be in the playoffs for sure no maybe no, that's maybe that was bautista's secret was pissing people off getting them to getting getting them all amped up to challenge him Maybe he's just got well, to be a bigger pest. I think the point you you made indirectly, though these points are all related, which is Cleveland figured it out. Cleveland with all their tall foreheads and Mark Shapiro uh, happy goodness. So that team has bested the Blue Jays and their and their uh, timing leg timing kick guy stances. But it's a bunch of meat sacks like the Texas Rangers that can't get their head out of their ass. That just keeps serving up fastballs, and Jose Bautista smashes all over the yard. Uh, so we need more teams like the Rangers, more teams that run on bravado and idiocy. Um, so here's hoping: mm-hmm. Rangers are going to trade everybody. Rangers are going to trade Cole Hamels. They're going to trade you, Darvish. They got to send. Uh, they got to send uh, Ruggio Dor to the minors. I'll take. I'll they take Hamels if they want. <laughs> Uh, you'll take Hamels? Yeah. Him and his four and a half strikeouts for nine innings? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'll take Hamels. He makes a lot of money, but he I'll does. take not Use your financial heft. Oh, we also, I mean, and back to the awards. Uh, did you, I, the Emmy thing. Mm-hmm. Come on, awards shows who gives a shit. It's true. That's what I wanted to it's say. Nice to, it's nice to see quality performances recognized. That's with true. A, but you know but. the like anything, people are uh, creatures of habit. There's no there's no awards graphs site that you know awards hardcore fans can can dial up and look and say, um, you idiots, how could you not vote for Carrie Coon? Her performance was X number of uh, naked uh, scenes in a ball full of jelly above replacement. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe there should be a site like that. There, there should d- be one of those for everything. I China mean, graphs. Yeah. If you're an investor, you need to have you know about China with the base of your investments. China graphs. I don't. I don't know if I got that one, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, China. I, there's a, people do business in China. They do, don't they? I think they do. Yeah. I think, a, it's, qu- I think it's quite a powerful economy nowadays. Yeah. Indeed, 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 it is. <laughs> um, you, you know, dances with wolves beat fucking Goodfellas. So let's let's forget about awards a little bit, though. I, I found something weird. A, a player I'd never heard of, like a glove first shortstop from the 60s. Um, he is the only guy 
to be as bad as Elcides Escobar is. I have a lot of bitterness <laughs> towards the Royals, apparently. And I went looking yeah. to find it because Elcides Escobar is like... I believe we vacated their World Series championship on the last podcast. It never happened. That's why I, I <laughs> forgot about that. As Both of those things. I forgot about that happening and I forgot about um, uh, what this is all about. But a guy who... Where did I... Did I find it? Oh, yeah. Guy, his name is Ed Brinkman. He hit 203, 259, 279 in, 19, in 1972, not even the 60s, 1972. So his OPS was just over 600, and he finished ninth in MVP voting. <laughs> That's crazy. Must have had a real nice glove. That's not, but how, like, that is that is 20 points. That is not, not only 20 points, that's like 25% worse than, like, Angelton Simmons a couple of years ago when Simmons' worst year. And no one's voting Simmons for the MVP. He's the best shortstop anybody's ever seen. God, he's so good. But he's not the MVP. <laughs> no. No. Anyway. Yeah, the, the award shows are dumb. But the leftovers is great. And uh, we aim to pre- please. So when someone says, you got to make that your parting shot, here we are. It's the parting shot. Watch the leftovers. Don't, don't watch the award show. Don't watch that dog and pony show. People dressed up in... Expensive stuff, sweating profusely in the Los Angeles heat. Go watch the leftovers instead. Have a good cry. I mean, or a good laugh. There you go. It just occurred to me to gamble on uh, on the award show, which I think people figured out before I just did. But that might actually make it worthwhile. Gambling makes everything worthwhile. People, there's a, there's a public work... service announcement for you. Gambling makes everything worthwhile. <laughs> oh my god, you can turn so many. Have the, the number of Forged in Fire episodes I've watched just to gamble on with my friends. You each, we each pick a. Uh, a blade smith oh yeah <laughs> at the start of an episode then you got somebody to cheer for <laughs> oh man forged in fire now that deserves an award uh people i work with uh, there's a <laughs> there's a large group of them actually a growing group and they watch and gamble on big brother wow they watch big brother big brother canada and they gamble on who all the different rules and the things that surround big brother and they uh they talk about it all the time. And I can't say shit to them at all. Because there's a guy I work with named Evan, and he's great. And we listen to the same dog shit music. And he'll come over and we'll have like these stupid conversations about you know obscure old hardcore bands or some shitty black metal band that he likes. And we, and we get so into it, and it means nothing to anyone else. So I think I can sit and take a little bit of Big Brother talk. Like, oh, who's HOH this week? I'm like I don't even know what any of those things mean, but, but I, I, I I hope they all have a great time. Meredith, god damn it, she's just like the happiest lady around when everyone starts talking about Big Brother. Uh, also, another thing about gambling is uh, the Woodbine the Woodbine workers uh, they'll be locked out as of midnight, which is coming up on us here. Oh yeah, that's so right. The OLG, so that's uh, no good. They shut down the electronic poker, which has been a thing that I've been participating in of late. So <laughs> I, mean, I like, I I like the ponies in Niagara. But, yeah. like, it's real poker. It's just there's a screen instead of chips and cards, and there's no it's dealer. So nice. That's the whole point. It's odd, but you get used to it real quick. Anyway, yeah, that's just I, me. More gambling is is uh, the Bet Three Six Five app. You also get used to that real quick. Uh, I can't see. I can't do that. I cannot bet on sports. I don't know what it is. I just don't have it in me. Well, I to, to, I'll, I'll flip five or ten bucks on my boy Martin Truex for every uh, every NASCAR race. Really, uh, it, really I, makes really <laughs> makes NASCAR a lot more watchable. When you're betting on it, <laughs> yeah. You it, can bet on 
the World Series of Poker is going on right now. You can sort of bet on that. You can buy a, buy a piece of, of guys uh, that are competing in the World Series, and then you can get what, what they say, have a sweat. Have, oh, I got to sweat it out. I'm going to sweat Doug Polk out. Is he going to make it uh, make it to day three? Yes, he is, I think. But uh, you, which is to say you can gamble on literally anything. I'm just looking at uh, Hong Kong Masters quarterfinals snooker here. Ronnie O'Sullivan, obvious, obviously, obviously my boy Ronnie. Let's see what Doug Polk is saying about the World Series of Poker anyway. Anyway. This is compelling radio. It is, it is, it is. Okay, well, let's wrap it up. And then maybe some of this won't make it. But uh, Blue Jays are back at it. All-Star break is over. Might be seeing some new faces return from uh, return from the disabled list. Might be seeing Anthony Offord soon. Guys like that. I'm excited for that. Yeah. And, oh, of course, that they're playing. This is so good. This is my favorite series of the year. They're playing the Tigers. I love, love the series at Comerica Park. It's the best. It is a ridiculous shame that they're not in the same division. That was a great rivalry, and they're so close. And yeah, it's uh, I get why they realigned their divisions and everything, but that is that was a real that's a real loss. That was that was they, a real real great thing that we had there for a while. It I would say that this Jays and Tigers rivalry is the only um, casualty of the realignment and the wild card and everything. It's the thing that I. I uh, I really I really enjoy it, and I love to watch the you know the Tigers of a beautiful stadium, beautiful arena, or beautiful uh, uniforms. Miguel fucking Cabrera, all those guys. <laughs> they got the awesome. nice the nice backdrop that makes you think that Detroit is actually a real city back there. It is. It's on the come up, That's especially true. if you're rich. Especially if you're rich, it's gentrifying for rich people, well, which is kind of what gentrification <laughs> is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right. This has been the rambliest of all the rambles at the end. No one gets to this part anyway, though, do they? And if they do, they know that we would want them to head over to patreon.com slash birds all day. Shoot us a couple bucks. Keep us gambling on shit. That's, we're not doing a compelling case. Be like, we take this money and piss it away. Um, Fair point. <laughs> go to iTunes. Uh, SoundCloud. Uh, we'll keep our eyes on this, uh, the evolving SoundCloud situation. So we may have to find a new host for the podcast. And if we do, we'll let you know. If you are hooked into the SoundCloud RSS, um, we'll update it as required. SoundCloud's been in the news, so we might be moving that uh, host. But for Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day.